What's going on, family? Happy Monday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. Hope that everything in your world is going swimmingly amazing. It's been an incredible weekend in the entire world. Certainly, we'll get into some of that before we leave, but I first want to say thank you, as we always do, to all of you who hang out with us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Faction Show. Big shout out to everybody who joins us via podcast. Those of you who are subscribed and listening to us right now, thank you so much for your consistent support. If you're brand new, welcome to The Faction. We're honored to have you with us. And what I'd love for you to do is click that subscribe button for everybody connected. Go ahead and rate us and leave a comment on your preferred podcast platform. It allows others to see and hear what you think of The Faction. All right, there's a to get into and we're going to do our best to get into all of that beginning now first we'll start with the ratings from this episode of smackdown congratulations to smackdown as it drew an average of 2.209 million viewers which is up from last week's show coming in at 2.133 million viewers so pretty exciting stuff to say the least and it was a big big show that was let off to my surprise by a title match between Bailey and Sasha Banks and it saw Sasha Banks do something she's never done in her career successfully defend a championship a singles championship that is as she was certainly successful as a tag team champion so congratulations to Sasha Banks I'm still not sure of the thought process behind starting the show with that is that easily could have main evented things but I will say this if you're going to start hot that's how you do it and their numbers reflected it 2.3 million viewers in the first hour the flip side to it is they lost about 200,000 viewers in hour two so certainly I'm not here to tell you how to structure your show but uh, one would think that you save the best for last and the Bailey Sasha match had a lot of wins connected to it uh, what will happen with them from here on in I don't know uh, again I'm surprised because I feel like for all of the lead-up for Sasha and Bailey it's been years in the making it deserves a Wrestlemania payoff not a Hell in a Cell payoff not a championship match on Smackdown payoff and two matches and they're done mm, that doesn't feel right not after all that we've seen uh, with those two but who knows we'll take a look at it either way Smackdown continues to outdraw Raw and uh, there is that so let's delve into uh, the big pay-per-view from the weekend which took place in AEW this past Saturday night it was AEW full gear coming to us live from Daly's Place in Jacksonville Florida the home for AEW and uh, there was a lot that happened in this pay-per-view and I mean a lot and so I'll start by saying congratulations I think full gear uh, absolutely delivered if you remember on Friday's episode I said one of the things that full gear needs to do is they have to start off hot and they started off very hot with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page in the actual pay-per-view let's talk a little bit about the buy-in though because the buy-in was equally significant the NWA Women's World Championship up for grabs as Serena D faced the debuting Allison K uh, that was significant for a lot of reasons first 
First of all, earlier in the week, Allison declared her free agency from the NWA which is a big deal. Serena Deeb is an AEW contracted wrestler, not necessarily signed with the NWA. So you've got a scenario where you have two folks who don't work for the NWA fighting for the NWA Women's Championship on an AEW event. In fact, you could argue that since the pandemic, we've seen the NWA Women's Championship more on AEW than we have on NWA programming. And I'm going to dive into full gear in a second, but since I'm here, it's got me asking questions, what's happening with the NWA? Allison Kay was a big part of the relaunch of the NWA. If you remember, she was the NWA champion for quite some time. She won that title after Jazz relinquished the title, held the title for quite some time until Thunder Rosa won that championship earlier this year. Allison Kay was a big part of the NWA. Now she's gone. Let's also consider the fact that uh, Jane Storm, the cowboy, who is still listed as one half of their tag team champions, is now in Impact Wrestling. Um, what's happening to the NWA? I don't know. But one thing I have seen just from living, being in business and the like is when people start leaving, there is a reason. We saw that uh, certainly during the Monday Night Wars, whether it was people departing from WWE to head to WCW, uh, leaving ECW to head to WCW, or the other way around, folks coming from WCW back to the WWE, it's always a sign that something's going on. And I have a personal principle that I operate with, and that is this, you never need to update your resume on Indeed if you love where you work. Even if the pay isn't all that great, if you love where you work, you don't have to update your resume on Indeed. You don't even know what jobs are out there. But uh, when things start going awry and when you start feeling uncomfortable where you are and you realize there are better opportunities out there for you and perhaps you're not being treated well, you make the decision to make the move. And so it's clear that Allison Kay, who has declared herself as a free agent, is doing that. She is booking some dates, but I got to tell you, as a free agent, to be on AEW television does not hurt at all. Easily the biggest stage she's been on. Of course, she was part of Impact Wrestling for quite some time. So I'm intrigued to see where this is going to go with Allison Kay. I'm intrigued to see what's really going on with the NWA. When your champions and former champions leave, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Not to mention Thunder Rosa also showed up uh, after the match to seemingly put her challenge out there to Serena Deeb for a rematch. I'll also say this and I'll, I'll step off of that for a second. Allison K versus Serena Deeb, another major matchup, uh, certainly connected to this pay-per-view. Another great display of women's wrestling, which I think AEW has needed. Uh, their wrestlers, for the most part, are still fairly new, not accustomed to working on a larger scale. And um, that has shown, it has shown itself in the caliber and quality of matches. The women's matches for AEW really didn't start stepping up until we saw Thunder Rosa show up in AEW. So I think this is going to be the impetus to some very interesting things happening in AEW and if I'm AEW I'm signing Allison K it just makes all the sense in the world now then 
We can talk about some of the results from AEW Full Gear as we have uh, new champions. We've got a new TNT champion as Darby Allen defeats Cody Rhodes to win the championship. I think that's a pretty big deal. And again, Cody Rhodes mentioned as Cody Rhodes for the first time in AEW. I talked a little bit about that on Friday. And there is a thought floating around the internet that I do want to kind of acknowledge. And that is, you know, about a year or so ago, matter of fact, it was a year ago at Full Gear when Cody lost the AEW title match to Chris Jericho. The stipulation was that Cody would never get a shot at the AEW championship again. Well, perhaps Cody doesn't, but does Cody Rhodes? Hmm. Food for thought. Be that as it may, again, lots of great matches there. Uh, they really came through in AEW for this pay-per-view. Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, an amazing match. Omega gets the win, again, to no surprise. Orange Cassidy defeats John Silver. Uh, Hikaru Shida successfully defends against Nyla Rose. FTR and the Young Bucks, an amazing match where the Young Bucks get the win. Uh, Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara, the Elite Deletion match. I'll talk about that, along with MJF and Chris Jericho and the world title match uh kind of the wins for me from this pay-per-view uh, i definitely think young bucks and ftr delivered an amazing amazing match and again one of the bedrocks of aew is tag team wrestling and we got to see it on display with two tag teams not thrown together but actual tag teams an incredible match young bucks as the aew tag champs i definitely think we're going to be seeing more matches from these two and it's well worth it again the tournament final with omega and page a great way to start the show a physical match and we're finally getting to see the kenny omega that the world got to see uh in new japan the one that was the IWGP heavyweight champion, the one that was the IWGP US champion, the one that was ranked number one on the PWI 500, he's back. And so seeing this Kenny Omega be the number one contender and ultimately get a shot at John Moxley is a match I wanna see. I'm gonna jump ahead to the world title match and say this, a great match. Uh, I'm going to go so far as to say this. I think because of the technical expertise and the fast-paced matches that we have in AEW, they needed this world title match, uh, a bit of a hardcore match, to not be what the other matches were. They needed to add an element of something different. And I think this match did that. I think it told a great story. Now, I've said this before. I don't know that anybody actually thought that Eddie Kingston would defeat John Moxley for the AEW championship, much like many of us didn't think that Jey Uso would defeat Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. But it was the story that made this all work. The question was, how was the I quit going to come? What were these guys going to put each other through? And I think AEW did an amazing job of setting that story up telling us why we should care about this, explaining the history between these two guys. It was very well done. So congratulations to them on that. Uh, in terms of matches that didn't really deliver, let's talk about this elite deletion match, right? So I will say this, I am all for cinematic matches and Matt Hardy, the progenitor, dare I say, of this style of match, you would figure they would top the charts and do more than anybody else would do. 
The problem to me with this match was the element of live that was involved, the way it was shot. This should have absolutely been a full-on cinematic match, stretch our imagination, but the element of live added to it, I think took something away from it. Couple that with, we don't need commentary on these matches. Uh, the music that was playing behind it with commentary over top, it took away from some things for me. So I didn't enjoy this match as much as I wanted to because of how it was shot. Again, if we're gonna do a cinema match, let's do, let's go all in. And I know AEW's got the folks to do it. I don't know why they didn't just go ahead and invest in doing it. Since it was at the Hardy compound, it just made sense. Now, there were some elements that were cool, um, bringing in private party, bringing in members of the inner circle, the surprise of Gangrel, um, but again, I don't know that all of those things were really big enough to do what I think this match could have done uh, if it was shot right and presented better. So I think there's work to do there for AEW. And I'll say this, uh, these movie matches for them, they've got to deliver. You know, part of my problem with the last pay-per-view was that attempted movie match with uh, Big Swole and Dr. Britt Baker, which didn't work. So We'll see. Uh, definitely room for improvement on that. But by and large, this pay-per-view was fantastic. Again, the women's title match, eh, I, I'm not convinced that Nyla Rose should be in this spot. Um, I, I'm just not. I think there's still work to be done. I think Hikaru Shida is fantastic, but Shida only shines when she has great competition. Seeing her against Thunder Rosa, I think she needs a match with Serena Deeb. I think this is where Allison Kay really gets an opportunity to bolster uh, the AEW women's division because right now they're suffering, and I think their title match showed it. The fact that the NWA women's title match was better than the AEW women's title match speaks volumes, speaks absolute volumes. One other big takeaway from this is during the Kenny Omega uh during the Kenny Omega Adam Page match on guest commentary was Don Callis. Now, let me tell you why this is important. Don Callis is certainly a legendary voice for New Japan, um, certainly called a lot of Kenny Omega matches, but on top of that is currently an executive vice president at Impact Wrestling. So for him to be a part on commentary, on television, is a significant moment. And for AEW to acknowledge what he does, to acknowledge Impact Wrestling. What I see here is a moment that I think 2020 has capitalized on, and I think AEW is leading the charge. The way that pro wrestling works right now can be different than the way it used to work. It doesn't have to be where you are only with one company, only one company can be on television. No, AEW has figured it out. In one pay-per-view, we had the NWA Women's Championship. We had representation from Impact Wrestling, and none of it took away from AEW's presentation. If this is a sign of things to come and how AEW is going to conduct things, I 
am here for it. We get an opportunity to potentially get some dream matches. Will they work with Ring of Honor? Will they work with New Japan Pro Wrestling? I don't know. Now, I'll say this. I don't think the Ring of Honor thing is going to happen because there's still a lot of bad blood uh, between Ring of Honor and uh, some of the lead folks in AEW for understandable reasons. New Japan is a bit of a different situation since they've got new leadership. It's possible. And when we saw Hiroshi Tanahashi share his greeting with uh, Chris Jericho a few a few months ago, uh, it, it really said that there's potential. There's change that can happen. So I'm really looking forward to this. Congratulations to AEW for a great pay-per-view. You can check out the replay on BR Live. Uh, I think it's definitely worth your time. The only other thing I'll say, and then I've got to move on, is I think AEW has taken the New Japan approach when it comes to pay-per-views. In this regard, their pay-per-views are long. They're long almost four hours now granted they don't do pay-per-view every day they do pay-per-view four times a year so perhaps it's it's okay for that um but i think that you know we look at a three-hour program as long uh two hours you know can start to push it i'm not saying they have to shorten their pay-per-view and i don't feel like there was a lot of fluff in the pay-per-view just saying it was almost a four-hour pay-per-view so there's something to be said for that. Um, before we go, we want to pay our condolences to the late, great Alex Trebek, who passed away yesterday at age 80. Um, just an incredible figure in all of entertainment and proof that wrestling is everything and everything is wrestling. Alex Trebek has great significance to the world of pro wrestling. Go back to WrestleMania 7. You'll see him as a backstage correspondent doing interviews with all kinds of folks, including Demolition and the like. And then he was the guest ring announcer for the world title match between Hulk Hogan and Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, so, Man, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family. Just a painful loss for the entire world. Last but not least, the election. Yes, I'm not going to say a whole lot about the election. Other than, again, there is a connection to pro wrestling, right? The incumbent president is still an active member of the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, Donald Trump connected to three WrestleManias. He hosted WrestleManias four and five, was a part of WrestleMania 23 on camera. We know he's great friends with Vince McMahon. Uh, Vince McMahon's wife, Linda McMahon, was a part of the Trump campaign and a part of the Trump cabinet. So interesting. Um, I don't know that pro wrestling well, let me say that again. I was going to say I don't know that pro wrestling benefited from a Trump presidency, but we only have to look at the naming of WWE as essential personnel in Florida thanks to a uh, Republican governor, uh, and I'm sure there was connection, obviously, there between that and Trump. Um that allowed for that would that have happened in a different scenario i don't know um this time around of course wwe was not very vocal about elections or politics in times past they have been we've seen all sorts of candidates on wwe television from hillary clinton to george bush to barack obama um so it's a different if it's a different ball game it's a different time i think wwe understands how polarizing a donald trump figure is and so there was no mention of of him or this presidential race or anything during his term will that change things for wwe it could i don't know we'll be on the lookout for it but 
as always, congratulations to the winner, Joe Biden, and the history-making Kamala Harris. Actually, both of them are making history. Biden goes in as the oldest president. Kamala Harris goes in as the first woman, the first African-American, the first Indian, and the first South Asian vice president. All right, we're done, guys. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, let me know your thoughts on all that we've talked about. If you watched Full Gear, I want to know your thoughts on Full Gear uh, and what AEW could potentially be doing in bringing representation from other wrestling organizations to AEW. It's very interesting to watch. Let me know your thoughts on that. This week, by the way, uh, is SHW 21 happening this Friday night. Super excited about that. We'll be talking about that during the week, giving you some lead up to that as well. If you missed the SHW podcast, you can check it out on Facebook, on YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcasts as we start our preview for SHW 21. It's definitely something that you want to check out. All right, make sure you're following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. We don't want you to miss that, and we want to hear from you there. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast as well, wherever you get your podcast. Have an amazing Monday and incredible start to your week. And we'll be back a little bit later this week. Until next time, it's your man GB representing my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. Collectively, we're known as The Faction. I lead my